to see culture, education, or or everything under the sun getting digitized in this new fabric of the internet uh, is really, really exciting. And it poses a lot of philosophical questions. Are we, are we tokenizing culture at this point, right? Thank you, everybody, for joining us yet again here at the Garden of Life Dubai podcast. Now, serial entrepreneur is something we often hear nowadays. I am with a gentleman today who is one of the few to be described as such. Mohammed Al-Tamami, a businessman who endeavors to position Amman in the know-how of fintech. Thank you for being with us today, Mohammed. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you, Francis. It's great to be on the podcast with you today. Thank you so much. So without further ado, you see, you have four things going on for you, perhaps even more simultaneously with Mamoon, which we will be talking about in depth later. Then there's Brink Mina, Cryptos Consultancy and Arts Galore. Primarily, if you're going to give me this, which amongst these gets you jumping out of bed every morning with excitement? It's uh, definitely Mamoon um, because it was... Uh, It was really an idea that started many years ago, or I won't say an idea, but more of a trajectory. Uh, that, uh, I remember it was me and my business partner, Saleh Tamami, who is also co-founder and CEO at Ma'amun. We were, we were just exiting some businesses that we were involved in at the time. And uh, we had spent a reasonable uh, amount of our careers uh, operating in the consulting and advisory space relative to business and technologies through our consulting firm. Mm. And uh, it was our enough is enough. Let's build something, you know, kind of moment. Uh, and uh, that is when uh, the inception of Ma'moon really began. At that point, it was Ma'moon was just a, a, a direction rather, not even an idea. Right. And So it was, uh, that's really what gets me up in the morning every single day. That's amazing. And, and based on what you've said, you know, over, you, you still do a lot of things and you have done quite a few and handful already in the past, um, particularly leading and managing, heading teams. Um, mm -hmm. As an established entrepreneur like yourself, how do you navigate, you know, leadership, particularly uh, the difference now of, of um, digitally, digitally and Web3 focus um, teams. How is that different to before? It, it's, it's the kind of uh, question that uh, I can only seek the answer to when I reflect mm -hmm. over my uh, 13 or 14 years, uh, uh, having worked in the corporate world, mm -hmm. right? Having, having been a startup that started, you know, ventures that, Uh, did okay, succeeded, or have exited, or have completely and miserably failed at, right? Mm -hmm. So when I take stock of all of that, uh, the one thing that I consistently observed upon myself, uh, it always begins with how you lead yourself mm -hmm. as an individual. And then what really makes and breaks uh, a partnership or a relationship or a venture Right. or a multitude of relationships, such as a team, uh, is really, you know, uh, uh, recognizing that yeah, leadership uh, is a hat that is uh, exchanged, you know, that people hand over to one another on a constant basis. 
And uh, I think for me, a few years ago, when this really hit home, is when I really realized that uh, leadership is a is a is is a matter of uh, journey uh, versus it being like a destination, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this kind of like uh, I, I always I always like to say that if we can create an ecosystem where leadership emerges, then yeah, we're we're doing our job, right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to looking at it from oh yeah, I have to lead a certain way or, or another from a lot of the leadership self-help books that we see mm-hmm. out there today. Yes. I did see there's a lot of um, humility in what you've just said. Uh, and there's a lot of wisdom also in spite of you know, your age. And I've, I've read an excerpt, um, a statement rather, that you've shared in uh, a, a post Um, somewhere and it says um, sometimes I hear I quote you sometimes I hear people saying that age doesn't matter I don't agree at all experience comes with age no matter how much exposure someone has Um, this is just a a snippet of that Uh, do you recall saying this yes uh, it's it's a quote uh, that often I get challenged uh, for. Uh, it's, uh, it, I think uh, that's, uh, that's a quote mentioned in a book uh, titled Those Who Inspire Oman. I was featured in it. Exactly. And, and I still stand by those words. Uh, allow me to elaborate why. Please. Um, and I'm starting to also see this trend in Web3. Mm-hmm. When... When I started in entrepreneurship, I, I was young, right? I was, you know, fresh out of college. I, I mean, I, I had attempted some ventures even before college, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and straight after college, I had just started my first, uh, uh, my, my, my first deal uh, that incepted my consulting firm, Tamami Networks, mm-hmm. which continues to be my consulting practice. And I mean, I was, what, 23 at the time? Uh, and... Wow. And, and come on, I'm, I'm no different than anybody, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit slow, I'm a slow learner, you know, uh, I wasn't, you know, born a savant or a genius, heck, I'm a high school dropout too, right? Uh-huh. Um, perhaps the smartest thing I've, I've done, right? Sure. But, uh, but I am extremely pro-education, I believe education happens anywhere and anytime, so don't, don't, uh, don't, uh, don't misunderstand me there, but... Time, time is, uh, whenever I do a, a coaching session for, for entrepreneurs and leaders, I always ask the question, what, is, uh, what are your resources today as a leader or as an entrepreneur or as an individual? And people are always in a rush to say, yeah, the internet is a resource or, or money is a resource, right? Or uh, certain connections and relationships as resources. But we tend to fail to recognize that time compounded is an extremely uh, valuable uh, resource. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Even a, a good pickle or Tabasco is mm-hmm. only great because it took time to age, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I look at time as a very valuable resource that people misunderstand. People look at time as this uh, as a linear concept that goes in one direction, mm-hmm. uh, while I look at time as a as a as a lateral concept, 
it goes in all directions upwards forwards frontwards backwards in circles mm-hmm. uh, and when you look at time like uh like plato right mm-hmm. uh, in a plato the stuff kids like to play with right mm-hmm. uh, then it is actually a tool and it's useful and if you allow yourself and don't beat yourself up about achieving so much very quickly mm-hmm. uh You, and, and I think there's a lot of body of knowledge out there that speaks of that uh, most co-founders uh, tend to be in their late 30s or early 40s mm-hmm. is because that is when they cash in on that time, that 10 or 20 years of experience they've had uh, of mistakes uh, and learnings and teachings that, uh, that then they can sort of, you know, go to the bank and cash in that time. And, um, uh, and that's when they sort of, statistically tend to succeed in their startups or ventures. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's the return on investment on time compounded. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I remain behind that quote mm-hmm. that, uh, that age and experience uh, is an important variable uh, in, in success. Otherwise, would we, would we listen to our elders? Uh, because if we, if, we are, if we think about this from the contrary, that no, it's irrelevant, Mm-hmm. then there is nothing we could learn from our coaches, from our mentors, from our fathers, our mothers, and uh, uh, other leaders who are, you know, who have aged and have so much wisdom to, to, to give back to us, right? Yeah. And that is the reason why you kept on being asked this, I feel. It's because, me included, it's such a controversial um, concept i mean understanding rather um but that's very well said uh so you see time as multi-dimensional even multi-directional uh, like um what dr strange would believe <laughs> I, i i would and, and I, I, i i am a fan I, by the way <laughs> as as i am right <laughs> and and uh, sometimes when i do a lot of uh, uh often uh, When the pandemic started, I started doing a lot of LinkedIn coaching, right? Just to help people to, you know, really use LinkedIn for the wonderful Swiss knife that it is, right? As a tool. Mm-hmm. And uh, I meet a lot of, you know, impressionable young graduates uh, mm-hmm. who I, I keep telling them, telling them, you know, uh, I appreciate that you invest your time on Instagram as an example, but you should definitely invest your time on LinkedIn, right? Because over time, whatever you do on LinkedIn or any other social media platform. And I think Gary V, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk said it's even better. In other words, mm-hmm. uh, you will wake up 10 years later and you will have uh, a curated and maintained an audience or a network of connections and relationships that then in turn would come in very useful uh, uh, 10 years or eight years later. So invest your time wisely now so that you could wake up at that point in time and see that incrementally uh, you have actually uh, uh, built an audience base or a base of connections and relationships and so on and so forth. So this is another way to really consider it. Uh, I often have this debate, and uh, this is a bit controversial and maybe not necessarily very popular. Uh-huh. I, think, I think the problem with us misunderstanding time's value If I, if I were to ask you, Francis, if I could guarantee that you will live 100 years, right? How would that change your behavior today? Mm. 
And that question is extremely philosophical. Mm. I think that we often live assuming that, ah, I don't know when will my last day be on earth. Therefore, why should I behave in a way in which I will get my return on investment when I hit my 40s or my 50s, right? Mm -hmm. So this is sort of a misconception of how we look at time as a resource. Definitely, Mohammed. We often hear people say, I will prepare for the life that I live. And the question is, why are you waiting why are you preparing? Why are you? This is the life. This is the life that you have and that you are actually living. You're not to wait for what to, to as you said, you know, cash in on tomorrow that you don't know. Um, and it also particularly triggered uh, um, a movie that is not probably mainstream and it's called only lovers left alive mm -hmm. but um, the the premise of the movie is a life of two vampires they've been living through this endless loop of being undead so that goes without saying sometimes uh, and relating back to what you've mentioned earlier it isn't so much so as what you have um, achieved in a short period of time, experience and, and longevity. I mean, time encapsulated, as you've mentioned, it matters greatly. Absolutely. And I, uh, vampire analogy, right? Because yeah. essentially they are immortal, mm -hmm. right? But it's, it's, it's interesting to hear. I'm definitely putting that movie on my watch list. <laughs> um, but it's, when, when you look at the concept of, you know, uh, the immortality of vampires just as a, uh, as, as a concept, mm -hmm. uh, it, it just goes to show you that even those who are uh, philosophically uh, or fictionally immortal, right, still are continuously comprehending the concept of time, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. Have you been always this um, philosophical and techie at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, kind of. Um, um, I was blessed to have uh, grown up in a household where my, my, my father was highly educated mm -hmm. uh, individual. Uh, I grew up around a lot of books, uh, even uh, reflecting on uh, Robert Kiyosaki's book, which I read maybe when I was a teen. Mm -hmm. uh, there is, in one of the chapters, he says, um, so if you want to make it big in business, right, don't go and learn how to play football because, you know, you're not going to become a football star, right? But go learn how to play golf, right? Because that's the game you will retire playing. So right. might as well, you know, pick up the game now. And it's, uh, <laughs> it's quite literal. I took that so literally. It's, it's the very reason why I play, I play golf today. <laughs> Signed up when you were 13. <laughs> you, you know, no, actually many years later, Right when I remembered that, and I said, "Hey, I, I better yeah. go learn the game," you know. Um, I, it, it's a sport that is just—it's uh, a, a, a patient sport. It's a, a patient spo uh, sport, no? M more so yeah. than anything. Yeah, it, it has. I appreciate the amount of patience uh, that the game uh, distills, mm -hmm. but I like the idea that you play with yourself, right? Right. Uh, 
that you know uh, there is no real race here uh, mm-hmm. it's just a constant challenge uh, between you and it has a kind of peace to it that i enjoy mm-hmm. uh, and i get to breathe in fresh air you know uh, so for that reasons i i do enjoy it besides the uh, the upside it has with uh, with you know when you have to mingle with investment bankers and uh, the likes you know exactly amongst your peers so to speak mohammed <laughs> so, so to speak yes yeah. Yeah. right so but, but but you know i i try to surf right yeah so when i'm surfing uh, i also find an entrepreneurship analogy you know mm-hmm. you're always trying to catch that wave right mm-hmm. uh, be it a wave of opportunity or a tech trend right. uh, uh, such as web3 and so on Exactly, exactly. So every um, narrative that you have just seems to fall into place of technology. So this, I feel, is so natural for you to be in the space. And it is quite an exciting space to be in. I mean, with Garden of Life Dubai particularly, we are, uh, in premise, um, a global initiative, right? But we are supported mm-hmm. heavily by the blockchain technology. And we have three main products that are NFT-based, um, tokenization. So there's a lot of these um, new world uh, jargons and also um, learnings to be had. That's why my questions, Mohammed, um, with, with much of interest is about youth education also in our conversation as much as it in technology because we are trying to foster this um, as much as the young and the youth of today can get information from the experiences you have gathered thus far in your 13, 14 years of experience. Um, so tell us about Mamun, please. Um, in a more in-depth, uh, you have briefly mentioned it earlier, but in a different, uh, d- deeper, deeper sense. Um, for those who are not familiar with uh, with the finance and payment systems and, and all that the beautiful things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, like I kind of mentioned earlier, right? It's, uh, it all started as this idea, right? And uh, I, re- I remember we were having uh, a coffee, me and my brother, mm-hmm. and we've been business partners for the last 13 years, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, when we said, okay, let's, let's build something of our own. Right. It was funny because a week later, our uh, head of project management in one of the large telco companies gives me a call and says, Mohammed, uh, we've uh, just hired uh, this uh, company to operate a, uh, a lending product within our telco ecosystem. And the product was, uh, if you ran out of uh, airtime, mm-hmm. you know, calling minutes, you could borrow some, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if, you re- if you ran out of data, you could borrow some. Mm-hmm. So for all intended purposes, he was a, here was a telecommunication company uh, providing uh, uh, a financial product, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. In what we call a closed loop system where uh, you could lend and recover uh, the amount uh, upon the next top up by uh, said subscriber. Mm-hmm. Now, we, we, look, we did this for a couple of years as subcontractors. My firm was subcontracted to do the service delivery mm-hmm. of this product. And uh, we started thinking to ourselves, so wait, 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 hold on. Uh, 
there is a lot of in today's web two world there is a lot of ecosystems uh, where contextual lending uh, would be required and that's when we started developing uh, the moon core platform which is essentially a kind of middleware technology mm-hmm. that uh, put simply it's a plug and play platform for you to create any financial uh, technology use case uh, right. or products and services in which you could extend to third party systems mm-hmm. uh, if you look at a lot of so a lot of our customers tend to be you know established startups or uh, or uh, upcoming startups who right. have you know all the kind of market participants buyers uh, sellers and administrators or uh, or in a last mile delivery context even drivers right 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 and they all need different contextual uh, uh, financial services that are uh, that that often through these third party systems were able to reach what we would call uh, uh, i wouldn't say unbanked but rather underbanked segments mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's sort of like uh, how we got into the space we saw that uh, he was uh, you know as as an entrepreneur having done a lot of ventures uh, i too suffered from you know challenges in getting financing from banks and uh, right. things like that right and uh, and uh, uh, you know if you can't beat them join them yeah. right but i thought the saying to- was confuse them <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but we wanted to do it differently. So at Ma'amun, we like to say, well, we're not a neobank. We are not a digital bank. Uh, we are building a new kind of bank. Right. And I say this specifically with intent, a new kind of bank, because I, we don't need to be certain which kind of bank we can be mm-hmm. uh, to, to, uh, to the ecosystems we serve uh, and the customer segments that we look after. Uh, because the uncertainty of that idea uh, for the first time in history is possible. That, yes, there could be a new kind of bank. What kind of bank exactly? You know what? We're not so sure ourselves, but that's okay. <laughs> we are still in the process after all. And that is quite an you know, interesting feat. We hear a lot of disruptions um, and that's making all the financial institution go bananas. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I think that uh, it needs to be woken up. Um, a challenge needs to be set um, so that everyone gets onto action again, right? Uh, it has become lax, if you ask me, that it's a standard. It's kind of like election when someone just keeps on running without an opposition and uh, I think right now where we're at, when you speak of banking um, facility and options and, and whatnot, this is an opportunity for a new wave of talents, a new kind of banking. Yeah, you know, uh, we, I'm not one to vilify banks, right? I mean, mm-hmm. banks, uh, heck, banks have been at the forefront of financial technologies over the decades. Great. Uh, the truth must be told, right? Mm-hmm. But sometimes uh, innovation happens in the fringe, uh, in the fringes of these sectors mm-hmm. uh, from people who are from the outside. So as an ecosystem, I think everybody has uh, uh, the, 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 the strength to lead from their position of power and that we're all contributing towards 
uh, a newer, fresher perspective towards right. uh, the financial services sector. Uh, because uh, the financial services sector is an important grease of global economy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, if we could uh, serve the uh, unbanked, if we could serve the underbanked, uh, if we can make services more fair, more relevant, uh, then, uh, then we're just expanding the horizon of these perspectives. And I think that's what really fintechs have been able to do over the last decade is uh, innovative financial technology companies participating across the board and across the ecosystem are bringing in a fresh perspective. And that is all. Mm-hmm. As, as opposed to us versus them kind of uh, mm-hmm. uh, mindset, you know? Yes. Yes, for sure. Totally. Um, we, I, I was going to make a joke of like, we don't want to vilify them, at least on record. Um, but that is uh, jokes aside. Um, financial institution has managed to serve its purpose as uh, let's leave it at that um, to its evolution is a new breed of, of technology that is here either to work with them, work together. And uh, who knows what we can come up with. The sky's the limit right now. There's no borders. Um, there's no limit. There's no um, uh, transactions can be done right now in snap of a finger. And that is both exciting and, and um, daunting. Uh, in, 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 indeed. Indeed. Uh, you know, uh, I, I had a... Uh, let, let me tell you how I kind of got uh, sucked into uh, the Web3 trend, right? If I may, uh, Francis. Uh, it, was, uh, it was more like two years back. Uh, a couple of close friends of mine staged a Zoom intervention. Okay. <laughs> right. They invited me to this call and uh, they were like, uh, Mohammed, you've always been the techie in, in the group. Mm-hmm. Why is it that you're not on this, you know, cryptocurrencies and all of that, right? Uh, well, I was from our Moon uh, startup perspective, but not as deeply involved uh, in uh, each shiny object in the space that showed up. Right. Uh, but then, uh, like good friends, they helped me, you know, take a minute to really look at the space and what was happening and what was changing. And it reminds me of the internet when I first got my first dial-up modem in the mid-90s, right? <laughs> Classic. Right? And it felt, it, felt, it felt like that again. And that really, you know, uh, got me excited. Um, and then uh, as I got more involved in the space, I, I started having a lot of conversations with young, very young entrepreneurs in the Web3 space. And one of the things that really scares, scared me or alarmed me, and that's when I really, uh, I kind of reflected on, whoa, wow, Mohammed, you have aged well, you know? Um, there, in, in what we are seeing today in Web3 projects is we're seeing a lot of bad entrepreneur hygiene, Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all these uh, rug pulls, all the scandals and all of that. Mm. Um, I mean, I was watching this interview of a project uh, where, uh, where investors got scammed mm-hmm. and where, where in the, uh, the, the project leader, you know, he unintentionally, I, I could see in the interview, 
he meant well in the beginning, but then fell into a bad hygiene trap, mm-hmm. right? And 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 I found that I find that this component of the space is a bit alarming. And naturally, it's all happening very fast. Regulation is catching up. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, investors, traders, consumers are getting really smart about it. Um, and I was even more fascinated to see that uh, one of the speculated uh, founders of Bitcoin is uh, John Nash. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the famed mathematician who won a Nobel Prize for game theory. Mm-hmm. And this is a revered, uh, you know, uh, mathematician and scientist. Uh, yeah. So just to, to, see, to see culture, education, or, or everything under the sun getting digitized in this new fabric of the internet uh, is really, really exciting. And it poses a lot of philosophical questions. Are we... Are we tokenizing culture at this point, right? Uh, and, uh, and this is very interesting. Uh, one of the reasons I got attracted to the Garden of Life project, actually, uh, was uh, if I could share the story. Yeah. When, uh, when the team approached me, it was, uh, it was at a conference during Meta Week. Mm. And it was, it was crazy. You, know, you had a lot of all kinds of you know, people who want to build stuff on, uh, on the Web3 movement. Mm-hmm. And, and what attracted my attention in Garden of Life as a project, there was a lot of maturity and there was a bit of a moral compass, uh, should I say? Yes. Right? And that to me was, okay, oh, thank God, uh, some sane people to talk to, you know? Because yeah. <laughs> at that point, I was talking to like a whole bunch of startups involved in gaming or some some NFT or this. So I was a bit overwhelmed with the craziness. I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> some, something with a purpose that is meaningful. Exactly. And uh, it's why I got involved. Thank you so much for that sharing, Mohammed. And, and you see from the Garden of Life uh, Dubai side of things, it's double-edged sword, um, if I can symbolize it as such. We are a global initiative, but at the same time, also dabbling into the blockchain. So, we need to be um, like a, like a child with um, two different uh, cultures. Uh, we need to be best of the both worlds. We need to be able to deliver on the global initiative um, level and embody uh, an action on the preachers and all the ideals that we have posted. And also at the same time to be able to utilize all the technology and, and um, uh, the space that we are building within so this is an exciting time and and uh, we can only pick and choose the the greatest and best things that that we can we can um, be guided to to our goal but it's it's wonderful to hear from you that we have touched your heart and mind uh, that you've seen uh, the, the the direction or or the vision yeah, I mean, uh, education remains close to my heart uh, as, as, a, as a topic and as a theme. And the youth is very important. Uh, I'm a father of two. Congratulations. Um, so, yeah. so being, uh, uh, and, and dad was an educator and I take a lot of inspiration uh, from that. Uh, uh, I believe uh, the best leaders tend to be educators. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Because edu- 
educators are able to teach, coach, and empower individuals. Uh, they play a huge role in the creation of ecosystem where ecosystems where leadership can emerge. Mm-hmm. Right. I just do it in my position of strength as an entrepreneur or uh, or as an entrepreneur in the financial technology space or what have you. Uh, but we all are uh, are better off always leading from our position of strength because each single one of us out there uh, is in his own unique position of strength. And if we could play on that uh, upon uh, doing good upon others or, or the community around us, uh, then, uh, uh, then, you know, the world would be, you know, uh, a nicer, better place, right? Exactly. I think we're too harsh upon ourselves. Like, oh, I need to be a better leader. Let me do my master's. Let me read that (laughs) self-help book on leadership, right? You know, time management and all of that. But uh, human skills uh, are what it is. These are just, you know, uh, human skills. Exactly, exactly. I really do admire how you articulate your ideas and concept, Mohammed. Uh, I do have, uh, I've taken so much of your time already, but I do have a last challenge, a little challenge for you. Uh, We call this a fireside one-for-one word associations, whereby I say one word um, and you say another word that you feel is associated with this word. So um, the first word I have for you is blockchain. Yeah, uh, so beehives. Beehives, okay. Yeah. Uh, Web3. A new internet. Mahmoon. Ah, a new kind of bank. New bank. Thank you so much, Mohammed, for acceding to our invite here at the Garden of Life Dubai podcast. It was an enjoyable 40 minute with you. And uh, we are collaborating on a different level. So I want our listeners to really tune in for that. This is going to be an uh, exciting collaboration. Uh, I've got to, I have a feeling about this already, Mohammed. Uh, no, I'm, I'm personally really looking forward to, uh, to the Garden of Life project. I think there is a lot of uh, good intent in terms of inventory. Uh, there is real purpose uh, and it's meaningful, right? Uh, and uh, that, that's where I like uh, to you know, spend my time and put, uh, put, a, put some of that extra energy I have out there, right? Thank you so much, Mohammed, and have a great rest of the day. Hey, thanks. Thanks a lot for having me today, Francis. I really appreciate it. The future is gold.